we get an understanding of the impact of having a calling when you are a child. To help us better understand this, we hear the stories of two young women, a 12-year-old offender who is now a practicing traditional healer, and Khotato, who was in matric when she found out about her calling. Hi, my name is Ofenza Matamela. My name is Ofenza Matamela. I'm 12 years old. I attend school at Isklay at Advanced College. I like fashion. I like dressing like a boy, but I do wear girls' clothes. I have friends, but I don't go out because the ancestors may do themselves. My name is Kutato Mkubeni, and I'm doing grade 12 at Jekekana High School. I don't love going out or going to groups. And then what I like is fashion, I love food, I love to eat. I like to spend time with people who appreciate me. I like having fun. I talk a lot, but I can also be a little shy. I realized that I had a calling last year because I was fainting at school. During school lessons, I will feel dizzy, feel like there are people coming to talk to me during class lessons. Then when I asked at home, they told me it's a calling. I told them that I should rather go to initiation school so that I do not die. I didn't want to become a traditional healer because I thought traditional doctors did bad things. But once I came to practice becoming a traditional doctor with Mr. Matabula, I started seeing things differently and started loving traditional healing and accepting it. Ofense's mother explains to us how they first realized that Ofense has a calling to be a traditional healer. Uh, often she was three that time uh, she had uh, weird dreams. She will dream of rivers, mountains, she will dream of cows, she will dream of sangomas. And then uh, when we realized, we consulted here at Baba Matebule and then they explained everything to us. Then we thought she's still young. Then we have to do something because she cannot go through the process. She was three that time when we, when we realized that she has a calling. He helped us through everything up until she was five because there was this procedure that we do, they call it I don't know how to explain it, but it's where we appeal to the ancestors that she's still small, let them give her time to grow up, maybe uh, when she grew up enough, she will go and do whatever initiation they want her to do. We appeal and appeal until she was eight. Then it was so bad that she has to, to go through the process. By that time, she just started school. It was affecting her at school. It was affecting her at home. She will faint. She will scream. She will say names. She will tell us what she see what she's feeling on her body. It was so bad. She'll tell us that there is this old lady that is taking her to Babasoli. They go from that house to the river or to the bushes to do some rituals. But what does it mean when it is said that someone has a calling? To help us understand, we spoke to Contralesa, the Congress for Traditional Leaders in South Africa, which represents many traditional healers and chiefs in the country. Contralesa's president, Hoshi Matupa Mugwena.
A spiritual calling is when one is forced to go and train as a traditional healer. And this will come through uh, you as an individual, hearing some voices or through a dream. The dream will be consistent and it will disturb this person to an extent where some of them will feel sick, some will behave strangely in that family. Yes, uh, children um, can get a spiritual calling. Um, it's happening, as you are seeing now, when you go from town to town of late, you are seeing many children who are wearing these attires, showing that they, they are now at school training as traditional healers. Um, one other thing that uh, is worrying us, uh, yes, indeed, as contrarists, I were also concerned that uh, there is no common standard. There are some of the traditional healers who are accepting uh, children as young as 12 or 13 years to come and train as the traditional healers. The common practice is that uh, before you accept this child, you must inform the parents so that you know who is going to pay you after you have done, uh, you're going through uh, the, the training when the, the child graduates. But what I want to appeal to all our traditional healers is that uh, don't accept a child and take him or her through those rituals before you inform the parents. Because if you continue doing that, as a contralesser will even make sure that they don't get your payment because we have, you took that child without the consent of the parents. Mkulusoli Matebula is a traditional doctor who specializes in healing and training people. He has been a traditional healer for the past 25 years. Mkulusoli Matebula, like Contralesa, is against traditional healers who do not do things the proper way by not getting consent from the children's parents. I would call that a scam, people who are power-hungry and money-hungry. Because one thing for sure... No child can come alone without their parents. There's actually forms, consent forms that kids do sign with their parents. Parents sign, they attach their signatures. And there isn't one ancestor that can come out without parents come bazopatha. It's actually daylight robbery for me to have somebody's child without the blessings of the parents and it's actually wrong again for traditional healers to ask for money while a child initially has brought herself what is required of a young person who is undergoing the initiation process and can a child under the age of 18 be able to deliver on these expectations mkulusoli matebula tells us what the requirements are they have to wake up 3 a.m. in the morning. They have to bath. There's muti that they have to eat with their porridge. Call on the ancestors. They have to come. I have to, I have to talk to them. And there's rules. There's a lot of things that they don't eat. Junk food, dry food, a lot of oil. Time for us to sleep. It's 10 p.m. They don't sleep during the day. Their voices, they are very lowered. Their communication also has changed. So there's a lot of things uh, that they do when they are amatwasana. How then did the young woman cope with these expectations? Ofenza says it was hard, but she adjusted. It was really hard, but I got used to it. Yeah, 
I was the only child in the yard and I had anger, a lot of anger. If I wasn't listening, they had to be strict on me. For Hotato, who was doing matric at the time, she says she had to learn how to juggle schoolwork and traditional expectations. It wasn't easy. It was hard because it wasn't easy. It was hard because I had to wake up at 3 a.m. and I also had to do ancestral responsibilities. Then again, I had to make sure in class I did not sleep, that I cooked. And during time to sleep, I am studying because when we are not sleeping, we are busy with activities and I did not want to miss out on many things. So I had to adjust time for schoolwork and time for ancestral work, but it wasn't easy. It was very difficult but little by little I adjusted. For the girls their journey to answering their calling did not just come with a personal investment it also came with some losses one of those being the loss of friends. Yes, I had friends and I told them I was going to initiation school, but some of them turned their backs on me. I got new friends. They turned their backs on me saying I'm a witch and all those things. I didn't understand why I had this calling because it changed my life, but I got used to it. For Hutato, however, it wasn't just the loss of friends. Her teachers at school weren't supportive. It was all fine until I They started bothering me. They would say that we know you. Once you start going quiet, you will soon faint. They discriminated against me, so I did not have friends. I hung out by myself at school. I had to hide the fact that I'm a traditional hero because the school I was going to, the principal did not want me to display anything to do with traditional healing. So many of the kids at my school did not even know that I'm a traditional healer. So I did not have many friends because I did not want them to know much about me. During break, I would focus on my school books. They would say that I'm making myself a genius and I don't do what other kids do. They started bullying me because I was different from them. They were saying I'm being too mature. So I had to hide everything. I had to wear long sleeves all the time. The principal did not want my clothes. I had to take off my ancestral cloth at the corner before school so that the kids don't see me and then when I arrived at school my school bag had to be with me by my side all the time because I have my ancestral cloth in it and I'm scared that the other kids may take it out of my bag. Sometimes when I felt dizzy and they would ask me I'd be scared to tell them how I feel because they would further discriminate against me because I'm a traditional healer. When I was sick I was afraid to go to the teacher to tell her because the principal was going to say we told you that you will get sick as you kids with ancestral callings are bothersome. At first it was hard because I had to leave something I loved as I had to drop out of school in the middle of the year and start the following year. So it was hard because I always stressed that I would always be here and not go to school. But as I learned new things, I saw that it was a bonus that I was learning how to be a traditional healer while also going to school. Last year I was going to school in Hamanskral and transport from there to here was costly. Schools refused to take me in because they said it was the middle of the 
the year and they couldn't take me in grade 12. Others would say that kids with ancestral callings are problematic because they faint at school. They're disturbing. So many schools refused to take me in because I was fainting at school. I felt bad. I felt like I don't deserve good things because I love school with my whole heart and they interrupted my schooling because of my gift. I started hating people because they did not understand that I did not choose this gift for myself. For Ufenze, the process of transition to juggling her learning to becoming a traditional healer and school was cushioned by her mother who went to school to alert the teachers of the journey she was about to undertake. I went to school myself and explained to the principal what is going on with her. And then they asked for a picture. I gave them her picture and then they put it in the staff room for all the teachers to know that uh, on her age, she's doing that. And then they alert the other learners and then they explain to them that this is not witchcraft. Uh, This is not something that uh, is bad, it's a calling. It's something that you cannot change. So uh, luckily enough, at her school, it's a private school. It's not a lot of children there. So they understood exactly what is going on. For Khutato, whose father works at a distance away and uh, whose mom has unfortunately passed away, her gobela Mkulusoli Matebula facilitated the process for her at school. They didn't want to take Shirilu at school, honestly. They were taking me to the department and everything. Firstly, they put Shirilu on grade 11. With their report, uh, I think it's six or seven A's straight, her grade 11 report. But the Department of Basic Education insists that no young person should be denied the right to an education because of their religious beliefs. And that teachers shouldn't use their biases against learners who, like Ufenze and Khotato, have spiritual callings. The Department of Education spokesperson, Elijah Mklanga. The starting point is the Constitution, where it says every child has a right to education. Full stop. That means there's nothing that should stand in the way of that child accessing their education. All other things can be discussed, but at the end of everything, that child's right must not be infringed upon. So that's what must happen. So the Schools Act will then break it down and say, what you must do is to find ways that are possible to ensure that the learner is able to continue to access their education. The school governing body should know what to do because every SGB is taken through training on the South African Schools Act and other relevant legislation that govern the work that they do. So they should apply the principles that are there in the Schools Act as well as the Constitution, which guarantees everyone's right to choose their religion and the right to associate with whatever activities they choose, as long as those are not imposed on others. So it would be very, very strange if a school principal or a school were to claim that they do not know. On the question of the wearing of ancestral cloths and beads, Mklanga says that no student should be deterred from wearing them. There is no law that says learners must wear uniform. There's nothing. 
All that happens is that a school will develop its own policy at school level to agree on the type of uniform that learners must wear. But there must be flexibility there as well. There are situations which will make it impossible for some learners, even if they are not uh, going or they are not affected by religious callings. There will be uh, circumstances where some learner is not able to comply with the school uniform. But as I said, the constitution does not take into consideration whether you have uniform or not. You must be in school. In terms of not behavior, but in terms of occurrences that might not be familiar with other learners occurring involving the learner with a religious calling, there should be a sick room or a staff room or a principal's office where that learner must be taken to. In fact, every school, every administration block must have a sick room, which is used for learners who have conditions that warrant them having to be separated from others. The same applied when COVID was around in high numbers. We had sick rooms where learners with uh, COVID cases were taken to, isolated from everyone else. Usually the life orientation teacher who would be the one trained to manage issues like this one would be the one to attend to, to that learner and assist, even call the parents to alert them of what is taking place if it's, it has never been seen before. But if it's something that happens and they've seen it before, then they should have a way of managing it. SABC News, independent and important. The funeral service of 16-year-old Bisho High School learner Latita Nako is underway in Bisho in the Eastern Cape. The late grade 10 learner committed suicide after allegedly being bullied by fellow students after she allegedly revealed that she had a calling to become a Songoma. The Department of Basic Education shares with us their reaction to what happened to Latita Nago, as well as the department's stance on bullying. No, it was sad and shocking. It's actually quite sad because we need to protect all our children. So children must not keep quiet when they are bullied, but also the parents. As soon as it happens, you need to go that first day when they report, because they might be reporting today, but it's been happening for past, for the past six months. Bullying is it's a form of violence. That's not allowed. In fact, the department has even uh, started a campaign from last year. It involved six or seven other government departments with their ministers coming through. All of us are against bullying. We don't want to see it happen. Uh, we even are running a campaign to say, if you your child is being bullied, this is what you can do. If your child is a bully, this is what you can do. Ufenze and Khotazo are now done with their initiation training. They share with us now how life has been as traditional healers. I feel my life is fine because nothing has changed since I finished my initiation school. My life is still the same. I'm enjoying my childhood. I enjoy it. I'm still enjoying it. I enjoy it too much. A lot of people are not aware that being a traditional healer teaches you humanity and it builds you. Being a traditional healer teaches you about ancestral work, but it also builds you to be a better person. I would say someone my age will not view life the way I do because of the experiences I've had. For young people who have a calling, this is what Ufense and Akhotazo have to say to them. 
because they must do it because otherwise their life will be complicated because if they don't do it they will be like me the way my life was complicated i was sick going to hospitals it was really bad I would tell them that humility and perseverance bring success in life. They mustn't be afraid of what they don't know. Sometimes people are afraid to go to initiation because they don't know what they will come across. Gobelas treat people bad, but they mustn't forget that their ancestors protect us. So they must also work for their ancestors so that they can continue to protect them. Having an ancestral calling is not something you choose for yourself. It doesn't mean that if a student has a calling, they are not fit to go to school.